to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring and Kirsten Kotsian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Um, welcome to the Barracks Podcast, everybody. I'm here by myself. Amanda's here in spirit. Hey, Amanda. Hi, my name's Amanda. <laughs> hey, Amanda here. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, but now I'm Kirsten. And so where I'm located right now, I'm physically at Nashville, Tennessee, in Camp Inglewood. And I have with me two human beings, or three. Two. 2.5. 2.5 human beings. Ooh. And some neighbors. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we're going to... Yeah, so who I have with me is uh, my brother, John Aho, And then Betsy Aho, his wife, but she's... Also full, your sister. Full, she's my sister. That's right. Yeah, so I now have three <laughs> sisters. Yeah. I used to have one. I now have three Lucky, I really, Jack. I'm really moving up in the world. <laughs> we're multiplying. <laughs> um, but we're get, we're just gonna be chatting about some stuff and like, just excited about um, the the these some projects that you guys have been working on, and I'm excited to be here. I was really um, like, so I've been watching your guys' Instagram stuff over the past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but being here in person, like when I stepped onto the porch and like kind of like looked out, I was like, oh, it's like really big back here. Like <laughs> I think the, the pictures and the videos don't really do it justice of like, like what an expansive space, like how big it feels. And like there's like, yeah, it's pretty, it's a nice like We're sitting on a, an acre lot here. Oh. A whole acre. I don't even know. Well, that... technically, it's 0.7 right. of an acre. Yes. So, all things considered, not that much space. But but it's way bigger than, like, I don't know. Well, the average backyard. I'm trying to think. My backyard. Ooh, and there's a bunny back here. Okay. Um, but I wanted to kind of start out with, like, some... This is, this is when we really miss Amanda in the conversations. <laughs> Amanda, what's next? <laughs> well, Amanda what would, Amanda Amanda would be right like, now? she'd be like weaving the conversation together and like saying stuff. <laughs> like, But um, I wanted to start out kind of like with what is your connection? And I would want you guys to like answer on an individual basis or yeah. I don't know. Um, what's your connection or background with the Salvation Army? Can, can I set the stage Ooh, for yeah. everyone? Go for it. So it's a beautiful fall day in Nashville. It's probably our first really cold week for us. That's, you know, 60s, 50s and 60s in the day. Mm. We hit 30 last night, our first frost. Um, but it's still beautiful. It's very sunny out here. We have about a quarter acre maybe, maybe a little less, um, that's fully wooded. And the understory is all honeysuckle with red berries everywhere all over the honeysuckle and then the taller trees are a mix of uh, persimmon um oh there's some i don't actually know but there's a bunch of cedar yep there's some some cedar common in nashville beach 
most of the tall trees have lost their leaves, although some are still hanging on. But the honeysuckle, the understory, which is just tall, really shrubby, bushy ones, probably 10, 15 feet in the air, they still all have their leaves on them and their berries. So it's a very nice dappled afternoon here in Nashville. We have jackets on, but we're fairly comfortable outside, I would say. Mm -hmm. There's a, a rabbit hopping around nearby uh, named Marigold. We used to have two, but one burrowed out and ran away while we were gone. Uh, very sad. But Marigold also escapes, but tends to stick close, so that's nice. So she's hopping around the woods, and hopefully we'll catch her soon. Oh, cutie. Um, but yeah, Nashville's a beautiful place in the fall, and we are enjoying the slow progression of cold weather this year. It's been very nice. Yeah, so, and all this is what we call Camp Inglewood. That's right, yeah. Which is our backyard, and we take kids, one to six-year-old, three days a week, and they come and they hang outside, and they waddle around and run around <laughs> in the woods. Depending on the age. <laughs> yeah, and they, um, it's a place for them to free play in the woods, and we're always outside. Mm -hmm. So it's an outdoor opportunity. And we stole the best part of the army, which is the summer camps. Yep. And we applied no it. Nice. Applied it to our methodology of working with youngsters, yeah. which is really letting them be self-directed, take risks on their own, and learn about forming and working in community, which is like camp. Yeah, so and we're very passionate about camp, but I think if there, if camp would have a fault, it would be that it's only two months, three months out of the year for most people, for most kids. And our passion is to realize um, an everyday camp experience, all year round camp experience. And we believe that no matter what your age is, you should be outside. Uh, as often as possible throughout the year, whether there's snow or ice or rain or heat. Um, and so that's part of the beginnings of Camp Inglewood is believing that camp shouldn't stop in August or July. It should, it should be all the time. So that's what we do. Does that cool. answer your story about how we came to... No, but, <laughs> but, but that does answer another question does set the stage. Later. Yeah, that sets the stage for where we are. Um, and there is like this little gentle breeze going by. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's another nice thing about being outdoors is the fresh air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like you guys talked about Salvation Army Camp. Um, and it kind of sounds like that was a really formative experience for both of you. Like as far as participating in Salvation Army Camp, do you guys want to talk about that for a little bit? Like what kind yeah. of experiences you've had? Can I go first? Yeah, well, we I, I always tell people that I grew up at camp my whole life because our parents were DYSs mm -hmm. uh, when we were pretty young, and then we always would go to camp when we, when we were kids. So our whole lives during the summer, we'd go to Salvation Army Camp, usually at Wonderland in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. but also other camps, Gene Epley, Gene Epley in Omaha. RIP. <laughs> Is it gone? I mean, it got flooded real bad oh, yeah. this year, but I mean, I don't know, maybe I maybe think that's like big. a one every, Who knows? every Who knows five years. It, it, it was real bad, but we can, uh, we'll keep going. Yeah, Fact check that. Fact check. <laughs> so we grew up at camp and also we, 
you know, our parents, our parents were Corps officers in Chicago and Detroit and Omaha. Uh, well, not in Omaha, they were DOS officers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but growing up in camp, that always felt to me like the place where everything made sense, even in the army world. So getting a group of people together uh, and you're usually having fun and it's usually very simple fun. Mm -hmm. So involving like something outdoors or just like being goofy at mealtime, singing songs Mm -hmm. and everyone, even the weird kids and all the, like everyone kind of had a place at camp. It just like somehow camp encompassed and made like everyone, all of us that were a little weird and never fit in anywhere. Uh, I feel like camp had like a place for everyone. And I think part of what I liked it is like really simple fun. And so when it's simple fun and it's outdoors, there's not like any barriers to like participate. And Uh so for me, I guess camp was always really fun and exciting and you were excited to get to know people and have real relationships there. Whereas like being at a core on any given Sunday, there wasn't really that depth in the time you would need to have real relationships. Yeah. Cause at camp you're there, you, you're sleeping in the room, you're staying you're up, eating the meals, like yep. you're going to your little classes and it's with these same people, you know, all week or multiple yep. weeks. Mm-hmm. So that for me was what I really liked about it. And then also just all my, some of my dearest friends are like camp friends and somehow like that's lasted into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. And that's a common thing I hear from other people that went to camp, summer camp, is that they have like, almost like people have their college friends that for some reason was formative years for me. I feel like camp has that same uh, thing. Um, how we came to this, is that like, that's our, what's the, um, well, so I w- I was kind of trying to think about like, or what's our background in it. Yeah. yeah. So like, so John kind of shared about officer's kid going to camp. And then if you want to share Betsy, like what's, what's your connection with like Salvation yeah. Army? Well, so my parents became, well, came to the Salvation Army when I was maybe 10. Um, and then I was probably a few years older, uh, when they became officers. Um, and I feel like even as early as, you know, my youngest memory is we lived in this like little tiny house in Detroit. Um, and we had a backyard that was super tiny, but we had this little clump of trees and underbrush at the back, back of our yard. And I spent like all my earliest memories, I feel like have, these like memories of just like being buried out back there just like playing in these woods and feeling like it was expansive and magical and like my own space, my own special space. So it's funny that we find ourselves in kind of the exact same place Mm -hmm. as adults with our own kids. But those are my earliest memories. And then uh, when my parents came into the Salvation Army, uh, camp became... We, we went to a camp before coming to the Salvation Army, and I remember just being kind of scared and afraid because I was going all by myself and I didn't know anyone. I remember being pretty homesick. But I feel like there was this really cool piece about uh, Salvation Army camp. We started going to the Corps in Royal Oak, and 
we um, had all these kids and we went to music stuff together and girl or uh, sunbeams and all of this. And then when summer came along, you got to take those friendships and they all went with you to camp. And so for me, it was like this really exciting and in similar ways, it really like cemented that friendship and took those friendships and really made them close because all of a sudden you got to live life 24 hours a day with these friends that you see often all year. But um, so, yeah, so we started I, I grew up going to as many possible camps as they would let us go to. <laughs> Uh, at Echo Grove in Michigan, like we just the three Ugala kids. We did. We were like a, a force to be reckoned with. Whenever they create a new camp, Ooh, and we I fit that into one. that. They had their own yeah. troop number. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so the, uh, growing up, um, and then once my parents became officers, as officer kids probably know, maybe some more than others, but you tend to move around a lot. And so, in high school. As soon as I was old enough, well, the pinnacle of coolness was always the lifeguards at camp. But I could, I when I was yet too young to be a lifeguard, I started working at Little Pine Island, also in Michigan, uh, in the kitchen, and I did that um, until I could be a lifeguard, and then I had reached the pinnacle of coolness and became <laughs> a lifeguard at camp. And then, and I just worked every single summer, probably, gosh eight, nine, ten summers, I don't know, in a row. It was just every summer that's what I did. Worked at camp and different jobs. I would be like head of ropes course one year or like waterfront director one year. I can't remember all the things I did, but... Um, Were you a commissioner sunbeam? <laughs> no, I don't remember. That's a good question. Ooh, I, I think, don't, I think so you were under... I don't think... I mean, I did, the, I, I did a I general's guard. I wasn't a general's guard. I think oh. maybe I didn't come in time to, like, get the full sunbeam. And I Because I, I was... I think I kind of graduated out of it and into girl guards pretty quickly. I bet... I think Royal Oak is pretty strong with the general guard. They're, yeah. they're pretty strong. Jill, Jill Johnson mm -hmm. really held Jill it Johnson. down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then even after college, for a couple years, I worked at camps during the summer. And I graduated college with a degree in camping ministries and outdoor education. So I was just solidly on the camp track. First kiss at camp? Really, yeah, <laughs> at a Drama. camp. A Drama. camp. Yeah, wow. not a Salvation Army camp. I didn't even know. Oh, I was 23, oh. though. Uh -oh. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a real young age at that point. But Wait, first kiss ever or first yeah. kiss at camp? No, first kiss, he said first kiss happened at, at camp. camp. First kiss, but first kiss, at camp. kiss ever. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you. Mm. Camp. Camp girl. Yeah. <laughs> Simon and our sister Natalia dated at camp for one week. You should not go into. <laughs> I mean, you can't go into that if you want. First kisses. I'm not sure people are ready to. People are being put on that. blast right now. Yeah. Well, not really blast, but just. Ooh, scandal drama and Sorry, drama. I was trying to, Ooh, I was camp, trying to juicy up the barracks. It's that's that's very juicy. That might be a little too juicy. Zane, cut that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So lots of time spent at camp. All my memories, and I think one of the most profound things for me, being an officer's kid and moving around a lot, was that every year, growing up, when I worked at Little Pine Island, um, Kurt would always welcome me back in you know May. The director. Saying welcome home. Yes, the Kurt Britcher, the director, um, mm -hmm. would always say welcome home, Betsy, whenever I get back to camp. And it felt like a really 
especially now looking back, was really profound because so many things changed in my life so often. I went to a bunch of different schools. We moved so often. Um, there was not a lot besides my actual family that stayed the same in, our, in my life growing up. Um, but camp always did. It was the same place every year, and it was many of the same people, and it was, you know, really special, I think, to me for that as well. So. Yeah, well, I want to ask John about, like, didn't you go out west to camp? Like, you worked at camp mm-hmm. in California yeah. or something? Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, that was surprisingly, everyone thinks I grew up working at camp my whole life, and I have that <laughs> identity, but I don't, surprisingly. I was just, like, attending hanging lots of out. camps. Hanging out. <laughs> Getting into trouble side. at camp. <laughs> Lurking. Uh <laughs> And then the first time I ever worked at camp was as an adult. I think I was 24 or 5. Or Dang, I was old. Old man. Why did and you work our at friend camp? Andrew Smith <laughs> called me. I just ran into him mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen him for years. And I met him at camp and we became buddies. And then yeah. I hadn't seen him for years. I saw him. We hung out for a night and had a fun time. And then the. Like three days later, he called me from California because he was heading out there. Uh-huh. And he was like, hey, John, uh, do you want to come work at camp? We really need we really <laughs> need someone else on the leadership team. Uh, we, we're like short one male staff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. I could probably do that. And then he's like, all right, talk to talk to the director. Here he is. And he hands the <laughs> phone over to the, uh, the director at the time was Don Mowry. And he hands the phone to me, and Don's like, hey, so Andrew says you're a good guy. You're an officer's, officer's kid? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, when can you can you be here by tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was, like, that, like, quick invite that, like, if I would have spent, like, a couple weeks thinking about it, I probably wouldn't have done it. And then, so I was like, yeah, I could probably do that. So that night I got online, bought a ticket, and flew out the next day. It's the best way to make any kind of de- big major life decision probably just say yes just go for opportunity it opportunity yeah. arrives go with your gut say yes yeah so and then i worked at a camp in that served la area okay la county and la city and it was the camp we worked at had three different camps it was like the salvation army camp part of it that was like traditional music camp and girl mm-hmm. guard sunbeam camp and all that and then the camp part the part of it that i worked at worked with uh, social service clients. Mm -hmm. So it was like a lot of kids of clients from social services of the army. Sure. And then there was a high adventure camp, which was a mixture of both those groups. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and that was, that was like the first time as an adult, and I had been in like a leadership role in a while, Mm -hmm. because I'd kind of, like wasn't around the army or church for a long time. And I was like in a leadership role and realized I had a lot to give and was kind of thrown into a crazy role at camp and like learned a lot about myself hmm. and learned how fun it was to to work in that setting. And I did that for one, one, one summer. One summer? Yeah. And then you worked at another camp after that, right? Like yep. a, year, a few years after yeah, that. Yeah, a few years after that, I worked at Northwoods Camp mm-hmm. alongside Andrew Shields. A different Andrew. Andrew, A different yep. Andrew S. 
He follows the Andrews, though. Yeah. Hmm. They're trustworthy guys. Yeah. Yep. Jesus had an Andrew in his crew. In his crew, yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked at a <laughs> California camp, too, actually. At Redwood Glen, Camp Redwood Glen what? in Santa Cruz. So it was a different After college. Um, yeah. Yeah, I moved out to California and couldn't find a job, and they needed backpacking, like assistant director for their backpacking camp, or like wilderness camp, uh, for the summer. And then I transferred into guest services coordinating once the summer was over. So, yeah. Well, actually, first I was housekeeping. And then I <laughs> luckily got out of that uh, and into guest service coordinating. <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've been all over in camp, Salvation Army camp specifically. There, uh, one cool story that happened at that California camp, well, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened, including a shootout. Not at the camp, but in the woods that the camp was in. What? Shootout. Full on, like, like gangsters a real shootout? versus the police. What? Yeah. yeah. But, and it, it wasn't that singing company music video being filmed? <laughs> no, this was a real shootout. I don't think anyone got hurt. Okay. But there's like they helicopters did ser- searching out there, too. And MASH was filmed there. Yeah. We had a really cool, at that camp, there was a night in Southern California, it never rains ever okay. during the summer. Okay. It just doesn't rain all summer. You can leave your electronics out and you just know they're fine. Like if uh-huh. you have a book, you can leave it outside all summer. It's just fine. <laughs> and so it just never rains and then one night there was a a camp meeting with all these kids from like inner city la and it was like 150 kids usually okay and they had a big bonfire and they had the kids write like things they wanted to leave behind mm-hmm. or like just like let go of uh or like pain or anything they could yeah. write down on a piece of paper and then burn it in the fire, mm-hmm. which is always a little scary because you got like tons of paper going in the f- fire. So of course, like all these ashes start going up because these kids are burning, like hundreds of pieces of paper are getting burnt in the fire and it's just like starting to be like ash, Billowing. crazy <laughs> yeah. ash stuff everywhere. And it was really good and powerful, but then we're just kind of covered in ash. But as we're watching the ashes go up and like watching it and laughing, rain, just mm-hmm. a, a tiny like 10 minute shower came down and like washed it all out it's really mm-hmm. cool and every like all the kids were all just like staring at each other like wow this is amazing it was a really cool moment that is nice it's very magical yeah so that's the background that's, the, that's, that's our background that's the camp <laughs> <laughs> that's why camp <laughs> So do you guys, do you, do you burn stuff over here with the six-year-olds? Oh, yeah. We have a fire, campfire every day. I mean, every day. we don't actually have them chuck things into the fire regularly, but <laughs> there's always time for that. We're really big on believing that kids can handle risk and being careful that it's the right kind of risk, but also not being afraid of, like, kids around a fire. Like, we do what we can to make it safe, and we work with them. So mm-hmm. we have lots of campfires. Just like at every good Salvation Army camp where you're like, are 150 kids around this fire even safe? <laughs> it's like, well, everyone seems sure. to be having fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's our motto here at Camp Inglewood. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Just kidding. We Just kidding. We're very careful. Very calculated. You got a lot. You got a lot of um, 
Like new charts, policies and tracking. New yeah, policies and procedures. <laughs> Best practices, etc. <laughs> Follow all ACA standards. If anyone's listening. I gotta call my insurance guy right now <laughs> just to make sure this is okay. <laughs> like the, the interview's okay. Yeah. We'll have to get it cleared. Don't link us. <laughs> um okay, so let's see. I think we kind of covered a lot of this, but maybe um you guys talk a little bit more about Camp Inglewood. So I know we did, we set the stage. We kind of talked about like the age range, sort of the general philosophy, but like what might be, um, so like you've talked about kind of risks that are within a safe, like safe risks. Acceptable risks. Acceptable risks. So like what are, what might be some other like kind of philosophies that you guys have behind the Camp Inglewood, like, like so everybody yeah. should be outside as much as possible. Yeah. So when I had our first son, we just had one little chunk running around, I started thinking through kind of my belief as a parent about being outdoors and being in nature with my child and just realizing that he was capable at a super young age of being outside in all kinds of weather, but also educating myself on how to do that well, like how to dress him, you know, stuff like that. And so, and it was really important for me to be outside with him because he was just way easier to parent outside. I always say that I'm like a much better parent to our kids when we're outside because mm. there's no yelling at them to stop running or stop whacking that thing or don't climb on that thing. Like they can just do whatever they want for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I start with, that was kind of the beginning of Camp Inglewood was realizing that there was all this ability for them to be outside all year round. It was just about dressing them well for the weather that they were in. And I knew that more parents probably felt that way or needed to know that that was a possibility for their kids. So we started Camp Inglewood because we felt like kids are just, well, A, they can be and are capable of being outside all year round. And that's best for them uh, mentally, emotionally, physically to have that time outside. They stay healthier. They gain a lot of confidence and problem-solving skills and independence being outside. Mm -hmm. And unlike inside, you don't have to manufacture any of the things that help that happen. It's just already there. When you're inside, you have to think up all these creative things to keep them entertained or give them all the tactile experiences they need. But outside, you just release them to the woods and Mm -hmm. they can climb and touch and play and throw and... Uh, spin and whatever they need to do, whatever their bodies tell them they need to do. So, so a big thing for us was teaching people and educating people and their kids about being outside all the time. We believe strongly that being outside or that kids should, uh, we want to develop confidence in, in young kids, confidence and risk taking skills because um, the kids all need that. They're safer when they understand their limits. And if you can release them and allow them to test those limits themselves, they'll find those limits and be really surprisingly cautious. Whereas kids who don't ever get a chance to develop or to understand what their limits are, um, when their parents are always protecting them and shielding them, uh, end up getting hurt a lot quicker because they don't know that they can't leap off some large rock because they've never done it before or they've never gotten hurt when they did. Someone caught them or whatever it was. So really having a hands-off approach in a lot of ways to what the kids are doing back here 
makes for safer, smarter kids, really. Um, so that's really important to us. Um, we also try really hard to allow them freedom in problem-solving, decision-making, and dealing with interpersonal, relational issues between kids. A lot of preschools are really heavy-handed when it comes to, like, breaking up fights, and adults are always really involved. And we feel like that never teaches, allows the kids to figure that out for themselves, how to deal with a fight, how to deal with two kids wanting the same toy, how to deal with disappointment or sadness or being patient. So we try really hard to be present because kids will always need help or guidance at some point, but not getting involved, letting them work out issues between themselves and another kid, not, not trying to be there guiding the ship all the time. Um, and that's another, like at the end of the day, everything kind of revolves around this idea of freedom for kids, a less adult interaction or involvement in their play, more ability for them to be out here, choose what they want to do, decide what's exciting to them, mm. move in a way that their body tells them is best for their development. And we think that they know all of that stuff or can develop that if we just give them the space. So there's a lot of probably the underpinning of all the different pieces of camp is that idea of freedom for kids to play safely, but also take the risks that they need to take to develop well you know all these all all kids need that space from adults oh do you have anything you want to yeah well yeah. I was just thinking you keep you talk a lot you're talking a lot about the kid and kind of the methodology there but I was also thinking about how for us uh camp is about building a community of people so we work with kids right now primarily that's our like day-to-day um three days a week we have those young kids here but also we work with their families mm-hmm. um, and so the goal is to to ha- to be a home um, and and create an outdoor friendly community mm-hmm. um, and so part of that has to do with just our response to like addressing uh, like our consumer habits and like wanting to reduce like how much we're consuming mm-hmm. and like uh, what kind of setting we need to thrive. So for a lot of uh, wanting to instill in our family, like the people we work with, the kids, the parents, anyone else involved, um, to instill in them this feeling of like outdoors, the simple things are the best things. Mm -hmm. And so like thriving means like just um, being able to be present to your surroundings versus like uh having to buy lots of stuff yeah. to or make, go places or yeah to to have to do certain things to to be thriving mm-hmm. uh, so it's kind of our response to like consumerism and environmentalism mm-hmm. um so for us camp kind of hits on all those things and it, it it's like a way forward is how we see it for our community to like if we can all be thriving outdoors together and enjoying really simple things which involves like having a community of people around Mm -hmm. because then it's fun um it just like uh deals with a lot of the different anxieties and stresses of modern Mm -hmm. existence um whereas even like a core setting or a church setting doesn't bring that kind of uh behavior interruption and like forward 
excitement for like a future where we can all be present together mm-hmm. uh, in the same way it does at camp, like a camp setting. So we do like, we had a pizza night where we had all the families come out and we've done events for like holiday mm-hmm. events. And and like the camp moms now connect, like hang out apart from us mm-hmm. in camp. It's nothing even we started, but people are just making their own connections even outside of us. Um, which is the goal. The goal is just to connect people because a camp should be a community. And mm-hmm. again, something that doesn't shouldn't just be three months out of the year, but it should be really accessible and really close. And that's kind of the passion, I think, too, is not only do we want people to realize you can do this stuff for your kids in your own backyard, mm-hmm. um, as far as like letting them play, free play, you know, without adult um, adults being in the mix. But also we want... Uh, people in general to find a place for themselves like day to day and that's you know camp is drawing in those the adults and the families just as much as it is kids um this has kind of been our first step into that real passion which i think is making camp accessible every day every week for families in the city in the middle of the city like i think that's i used to really want to be out in the middle of nowhere and be on like a massive camp setting where it's pristine and quiet and all of that and there's still a lot of beauty in that and a place a definite place for that but there's also this piece of me that loves the fact that we're right here in the middle of it and people can be here every week and stop by and say hi and that's become more of like a people rent this for their birthday parties a lot the (laughs) kids so we've had like hundreds of people come through because like some family will throw a birthday party back here and then like their whole crew comes through and also what's funny is like a lot of people's grandparents have come through like we know most of our families at some point their grandma or grandpa came and picked up Uh and they're all huge instagram fans of camp inglewood yeah (laughs) one because their kids are in it but also because they're like that's how i grew up yeah so i think like our parents generation a lot of that generation was like some of the last that had that real sense of freedom yeah surviving Mm -hmm. on your own and that's just kind of gone like it's just not as um, prevalent in our culture mm-hmm. and camp is like a not a very it's not a religious place at all we don't like have any religious affiliation for camp inglewood but i would say it, it like at its heart it's a very spiritual place yes. it's a very like yeah. looking for deep connection like mm-hmm. people like when they come like are coming with like expectant hearts and to like show up and be present yeah. Uh, you don't see phones out much at Camping Wood and that kind of thing. So in that way, it is a very spiritual place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of talked about this being like one of the steps towards like a bigger vision or part of your vision. Like, have you guys thought about like what might be after Camp Inglewood, like what the Lord the next have thing? we Inglewood thought about it? 2.0. <laughs> yeah, that's all we've been doing for we, how many years? We used to think it would involve, like Betsy was saying, like a space, a traditional camp setting mm-hmm. that's like an hour away from a town. Mm-hmm. But now, the more we've been operating in the city, but in a in like a good setting, mm-hmm. we just keep thinking about how that's like what we don't want to be like a once a year type thing. Like we view, I have to go outside quite a bit every day to <laughs> feel like, to just to calm down or just to, <laughs> to find your center, to be grounded. Yeah. yeah. 
And so that for me is helpful. And I think that there's a lot of like, there's, there seems to be a need in our culture for places like that, that are carved out, that are special places designated for, um, you know, having fun and learning about yourself and being creative. And so I think Camp Inglewood 2.0 or whatever our next thing will probably be a bigger space but we'd love to do, we really value like imagination. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big part of it. So having a space for like artists and like to be connected to the community around us, maybe like a yoga studio or athletic, some kind of uh, physical um, like athletic thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Tiny houses for artists, a podcast studio, <laughs> you know, um, which we've already. Wait, this could this be is the, the beginnings tiny of house it. Right here, yeah. I know this was. That's, this, this, this is a big platform. platform. John built this large wooden platform in the middle of the woods. It'd be the perfect. And it's magical. It just needs walls and a roof to perfect, really make it all four plan. seasons. Yeah, I think <clears throat> if anyone out there is in the middle of. If anyone out there has a huge dream and literally no way to figure out how to get there, we are with you 100%. And I think that's been a really interesting, we're in that season and it's been an interesting one for me because we have so many dreams and so much passion for what we're doing and so such a desire to see this evolve. Um, and it's, you know, for us, the the hardest part is getting the resources to make that jump. And for God, that's the easiest part. And I keep reminding mm-hmm. myself that, that he has all the resources in the world, money and uh, land and all the things that we would need is just, that's nothing to him. That's the easy part. And so uh, we're just in a season of waiting and hoping and praying and planning and dreaming and all those things, um, waiting kind of for the next step in this journey Um, And for us, this first piece has been working with children out in our um, beautiful yard um, in this little space of woods. Um, But ideally, we would, yeah, like John said, we would stay in the city so that we can uh, really make this accessible to everyone. Because for us, a huge part of camp is that it equalizes the playing field for everyone. And we grew up at Salvation Army Camps, which do this incredible, beautiful job of bringing kids from all places and backgrounds and I mean everyone comes to camp together and that's really beautiful and um, we want to do that here and so I think that's a big desire for us is to figure out you know while trying to just pay our bills is like finding a way to get more of those kids Um, because sometimes uh, this type of program can be very cost prohibitive for people Um, it has to be a parent who's at home stay at home usually so that they can bring their kids at the right times and pick them up at the right times. Mm. This isn't like a full day daycare situation. Um, and so stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's not the cheapest option out there. Um, and we, we want to change that. So that's a huge dream of ours is, um, equalizing the playing field here at camp. And then it's also to get a space in the city that we can, um, we can broaden what we offer. We can offer a place not only for kids, you know, during the week, but also for bigger events. And mm-hmm. like John said, diversify, you know, do events and, you know, work with artists mm-hmm. and host people that can stay there, that can find a quiet place in the middle of the city. Pizza oven to too. Pizza oven. We pizza want, oven. definitely want a pizza <laughs> oven. And lately uh, I've been thinking, 
you know how there's like camp counselors i i think it'd be really cool to have actual counseling staff but they're integrated yeah. like kind of like camp counselors but mm -hmm. these are like trained, trained. counselors yeah. mm -hmm. but they're like kind of yeah th so like mm -hmm. kind of playing off of a lot of traditional camp things but just uh, applying it in creative ways um yeah just we don't we don't want everyone to be here you know we don't right now it's such a small thing and we just have all these dreams because there's not a lot of camps in the city you know that's not really a thing a camp is a, a thing you go out to and you retreat to which again is beautiful and there's a deep place for that but also like we want to be in the city you know we want we started i think this dream between us probably started working at temple houses working and living in temple houses in st louis when we just like cut a, cut the fence out between two houses that the Salvation Army owned yeah. that we all lived in. And we created just, we just like planted plants and gardens in these backyards and put a fire pit in. And the, these <laughs> super cute kids from the core would come over and be like, ah, it feels like summer camp. You know, they love just like sitting yeah. around this campfire. And you and would it, forget that you yeah. were in the middle of the hood. Right. And there was like, like dangerous, like feeling things and just like, it was trashy. Mm. And like, there, it's just busy. There's lots of sounds and noise and sirens and uh, and people up to whatever they're up to. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the at at Temple House, it was like you would go back there, you'd have the, all the kids around a fire, and you'd be staring up at the stars all of a sudden. Yeah, like this the real chickens peaceful... would be like pecking around the ground, you know, <laughs> around you. And it would just like yeah. draw out these different types of moments. Yeah, um, it was like a uh, like a calm like inside the storm and there there's this bigger kind of movement and i don't know if it's called rewilding or if there's another term for it but it's this idea that like we're never going to get back all these unspoiled acres of land that yeah. have been cut down and yeah. developed yeah. we never are but we have to look at wilderness differently now we have to realize that wilderness is this patch of woods in our backyard and like we can love and care and understand and explore this place and this is why wilderness this can be wilderness you know and we can we can develop or you know leave undeveloped these small pieces of land and connect them and make corridors for wildlife and all these things and so i think that's part of this what's beautiful to us about camp it's this idea that like wilderness isn't out just out there it's right here and under our noses are like trees to climb and raccoons to meet <laughs> which we recently there had a raccoon a came yeah. through about three foxes run through i mean we're just in the middle of the city and it hasn't eaten your rabbit it ate <laughs> all our chickens it ate chicken. so that did something. eat our chickens yeah we're about so. to have a special guest <laughs> um so what i want to maybe start closing up with is like what might you say to our listeners um who are doing mission like with the salvation army on the field or like other kind like other kinds of ministries and stuff like what would you want to say to like the barracks podcast listeners which i know you guys are you know some of our biggest fans we, we... big big fans i'm your number two fan <laughs> number two fan um but what what would you want to say like maybe about mission and ministry and i know you kind of shared a little bit about that yes idea of the dream and well i think if there's one thing i could say to people who are currently working in Salvation Army Corps or going to Corps or in ministry in some way, um, in any capacity, like 
everybody should be outside, you know, and every core has a yard, (laughs) right? And every core can put, like, a little fire pit in probably. I'm not sure if there's, like, liability issues or how that works. But, you know what I mean? Like, there's most places have a little patch of woods. And if you can leave some of that wild and then bring your kids outside more often, that's, like, the heart of what we're doing is saying it can happen right here with what you have. You don't need to take them to camp once a year mm-hmm. and and then like that's that's where you leave nature is once a year at camp like for us it's finding it right under your nose for yourself as well mm-hmm. as for the kids you work with um in any small way um just being outside and breathing clean air is you know life-giving to all of us you mm-hmm. know even if you don't want to go for a hike in the woods you can go for a walk around your block like meet your neighbors um, so yeah, so that's, I think my big thing would be, it's right accessible to you wherever you are, um, in some capacity. And we, you know, we want to encourage people to do, you know, do that. Even if it's for short, small moments, it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess piggyback on that too is, um, in, when you're planning in your staff or your officer or whatever on mission for the army, you really tend to think about it as like, what's army stuff? Mm. What's like, this is our building. <laughs> There's a cat. Sneaking <laughs> through the woods. Hanging out. Um, what it are our like resources? Spain. What does our core have as resources to use for our kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once you take down that invisible boundary and realize that like, your alley behind the core is your core's mission field too. Mm -hmm. And then the boundaries of just like your whole community and that park like three doors down, or maybe that other churches has a really nice playground that you've judged them for having. And you're always jealous that you wish your core had something like that. Maybe that is, could be available to you. So just taking down those invisible boundaries uh, like seeing limit where you see a lot of limitations or what you don't have is just to take back what is all of God's mission, which is the whole earth. And all those are resources that you should look into and investigate yeah. and also realize that you don't have to build your own thing to have something. You have to make connections yeah. and ask for help and create um, community. That's how you create community is needing each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I like just uh, kind of like looking around you guys' backyard and thinking about the crack is on this piece of land, and behind us we have some kind of like a wetlands Ooh. behind us. Yeah. So I keep saying, I kind of am joking, teasing a little bit with Mindy because they're like, they're like, oh man, like what if we could do this or do this or this? And I'm like, what if we just make it a bird watching area? Like, but now I'm like, I won't be joking. Maybe next time. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is, because it is like, wait a second. Like, what can we, how can we, um, connect with this natural yeah. thing that God created? And how can we incorporate that into like our mission mm-hmm. of, like the whole world for Jesus, like yeah. mm-hmm. nature, you know, like is praising God and whatever, you know, like how can we participate in how nature does that? Like, and not making it a man-made 
way of praising God all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Just leave it wild. That's what we tell people when they ask how to set up their backyard so that their kids want to be in it. We say, well, don't do anything. Don't mess with it because what you need to do is just let all the weeds grow up and put a little path in there and let them f- yeah. play with it how they want to. Yeah. You know, leave it wild. Even if it's some shrubbery at the back of your, you know, kids just want a place to explore and imagine. And I would say even adults do too. We put a little, we have a path that kind of winds its way through this little back area of woods. Um, We just threw down some wood chips um, so that you could follow it. And it's created this really cool way of interacting. And that's all we really want to do. We don't want to cut down any more trees. We don't want to put up exciting playhouses and Mm. you know we don't want to create a space that adults have imagined we want to find wonder and beauty in what's just here and I think that kids thrive in those that type of thing and but I would I would say that adults do too we all need to realize that nature doesn't need our help to be magical and meaningful (laughs) well thanks guys looks like our special guest wandered away yeah, but uh that was little benjamin yeah he was whose birthday home. is next week yeah, I don't know where the he big went. three oh, wow. happy birthday benjamin we love you Aww. <laughs> so sweet <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys um for taking some time to chat with me and amanda <laughs> <laughs> so nice to meet you amanda <laughs> thank you for your time oh poor amanda She's, she's not on vacation like me. <laughs> but Amanda, she should have flown why. in for this one. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but all right. I'm going to, this is really my awkward, natural awkwardness. Signing off here from Camp Inglewood in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. Stay outside, everyone. <laughs> Keep it wild. And in the darkness.